Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, buddy, for enduring that change to the resurrection doxology. Let's now change and let's go to the word, the word that Trent has already read for us this morning, Matthew chapter 28, chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10, and I want us this morning just to, just to dive in. Give your attention to the reading of God's word. Notice the very first words. Now after the Sabbath. Paul's there. After the Sabbath. After, as we saw yesterday, after that great pause, after that rest, after all those shattered hopes, all those scattered thoughts, after all those moments of just wanting to cry, no, after all those tears, after crying so much that no doubt their bodies were just heaving in grief, after all those feelings of, of anger, anger at the mob, anger at wicked pirates, Anger at those heinous and pathetic would-be spiritual leaders. And yes, anger at those brothers, at those men, at those disciples who should have never left Jesus' side. After just about giving up every shred of hope. After the great pause. After the Sabbath rest. For their raw nerves and emotions after the Sabbath. Dear ones, there will be an after the Sabbath. There will be an after the great pause. And you want to know how I know there is going to be an after the Sabbath? I know because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Yes, after the Sabbath. Yes, after Sabbath rest, but a Sabbath rest that no doubt contained very, very little sleep. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn, toward the dawn, they could wait no longer. Grief must be turned into action. They must go back to the tomb. They knew where the tomb was. They had, been, they had been watching. They had seen. They had seen Joseph of Arimathea take the body, the dead body of their Messiah, and place it in his very own tomb. They saw the one. They knew the way. And after the Sabbath, toward the dawn, they have to go. They have to go. They must go even if darkness is still there. But the darkness is just now losing its grip on the land. The darkness was losing its grip. And brothers and sisters, the darkness will lose its grip. You want to know how I know? Because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, a new day, a new week, a new world, a world about to be turned upside down because the power of life, 
the power of life eternal was beginning to pulsate. I think about that day and then I think back over the past five days. And over the past five days, COVID-19 deaths in New York City have ranged between 731 deaths a day to 799 deaths a day. Yet even as, as death preys like a ravenous beast in New York City and throughout the world, there is a greater power at work. Pulsating power, the power of eternal life is at work in this world. You want to know how I know? Because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. There those dear sisters are again. Those dear, dear ladies. They were ministering through their tears on Good Friday. Now they are seeking to continue to minister with spices. On this first day of the week, the, the Lord's Day. May they, in the grace that was on display in this, on display through them, the grace of God. May they and that grace, may they be remembered forevermore. How could these ladies be so faithful? Because of the grace at work in their lives. The grace of the Lord that they thought was dead. For Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. In chapter 27, you remember, an earthquake had struck at the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now one strikes to reveal that the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer dead. And with this angelic-induced earthquake, stone is rolled away. And now the dear Marys, as the dawn begins to shine, now the dear Marys can, can look in and see that the tomb is empty. Oh, what, what a glorious, gracious, divine kindness. May darkness, our darkness, may our grief, may our bewilderment, may our sorrow never totally block our vision, our realization of the multitude of gracious, divine kindnesses being shown to us all along the way. That stone became an angelic chair. And in the presence of such a creature, this amazing angelic creature shining brilliantly, in the presence of such a creature, the servant of the Lord, the enemies of Christ were frozen in fear. They were the ones like dead men. Why? 
Because the one that they thought they had, that they had done away with, that one was alive. You see, the father had accepted his sacrifice. The father had accepted the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ that he made in his body and blood on the cross, that sacrifice for the penalty of the sins of all of God's people, the father had accepted. And because he had accepted it, the father brought Jesus to life on that third day. And now that very same God, that very same father was marshalling this angel so that disciples might see and so that enemies might be like dead men. Why were they frozen in fear like dead men? Because you see, the king of angels was alive. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Verse 5. But the angel said to the women, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus, and children, you're supposed to say something right now. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him. See, I've told you. Enemies tremble and are paralyzed with fear. Believers tremble and they are comforted. They are comforted. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. These are sovereign, gracious, divine words for Christ followers. No matter the season. No matter if we are here on a normal, whatever a normal is, a normal Sunday, or whether we are here on Easter Sunday 2020 during a pandemic, fear not. Do not be afraid. Those were gracious, divine words for Christ's followers, including the Marys that day and including you. And why? Because Christ is risen Christ is risen indeed. And because he was, those Marys had a mission. They saw the empty tomb as the, the, the rays of sunlight are shining in. They saw the empty tomb and they were commissioned ambassadors. Commissioned ambassadors with the good news, with the gospel. And in all that dark world, there they are. They've got it. They've got the news. Dear ones, we do too. We do too. We have this good news that Jesus lived a perfect life in the place of sinners. Jesus died on the cross bearing the penalty for the sins of his people. And on the third day, Jesus was resurrected. We have the good news because Christ is risen Christ is risen indeed. Verse 8. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. 
in, the, in this series that we have been in during Holy Week and today, the series in the Gospel of Matthew, this series in which we've been looking at uh, how Matthew describes what the disciples were experiencing during the upheaval of that Holy Week, and as we have been seeing how what they were experiencing have, has application to us, we need to continue. We need to see that they went from excited jubilation on Palm Sunday to bewilderment, to grief, to near disillusionment and despair. But after that great pause, after the Sabbath, after that holy Saturday, Sunday came, Sunday arrived, and now they knew that their beloved Jesus was alive. He was alive, and that meant he had the power over death. And what do we see when they come to that realization, when they receive that message? We see, yes, fear. This is a staggering moment for them. Put yourself in their shoes. They have just heard this angelic being shining, blazing, and yet nevertheless saying, do not be afraid. And they've just been told this truly miraculous news that one who had been crucified... One who had died, one that they had seen die and was buried, was now alive. Truly miraculous news. And in the presence of an angel, hearing such miraculous news, there's no place for nonchalance. But rather a holy, reverent fear. Fear, yes. Reverent fear. But fear and, notice what Matthew tells us. Fear and what? Great joy. Great joy. And doesn't that mixture make sense? Doesn't it make sense to us? Can you imagine how their hearts were pounding? Can you imagine how their minds were racing as they're trying to process it all? As they're trying to make sense of it all again, and yet this time, as they're trying to make sense of what's going on around them, they're not driven to tears, they're driven to hallelujahs. They're driven to praises, to rejoicing. And rejoicing, they ran. And I can just imagine them pulling up uh, their, their, their garments just above the, the, uh, uh, the ankles maybe so they can run a little better and they're running. Can't you just see them? And they ran for they had a story to tell. They ran because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And we have a story to tell as well. We have a story to tell as well. We have a world all around us. A world of people who can only quake with fear or hurl vitriol at whomever. We, we, we live around people all around us that can only fear or be angry. And they can only do that simply because they do not know the power of the resurrection. They are dead in their sins. They're dead in their sins and trespasses. They don't know the power of the resurrection. But we've got the story. They don't know any greater power than an unseen virus or some 
some tyrant who can oppress and abuse. But we know a higher power, don't we, dear ones? We know that there's a power above a virus and there's a power above death itself. We know that the tomb was empty. Why? Because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. But not, but not only did, did the Marys meet an angel, not only did the Marys look into an empty tomb, notice, mid-dash, mid-run, as they're trying to head back to those guys to tell them the news, mid-run, what happens? Verse 9, and behold, Jesus met them. Jesus the one that they had just a few hours before had seen hanging on the cross in agony and crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And crying out, it is finished. The one that they had seen Joseph take his body and put his body in the tomb, now they see him face to face. And behold, Jesus he met them and said, and dead men don't speak, and said, greetings. Can you imagine how tender those word, that word was? Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Being in quarantine makes you miss things. Being in quarantine makes you long for things, doesn't it, dear ones? Long for things from the little things like getting your hair cut, or maybe going to your favorite restaurant, and, 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 and that restaurant being filled with Customers who are seeking to, to support that business and it's bustling and the meal's great. From the little things to the great things. Like seeing your loved one in the nursing home and being able to embrace her and tell her it's okay. Or bending down and having your grandchild come running into your, into your arms. Or maybe even hugging those co-workers you actually do miss. And you realize that. Or maybe, maybe it's this. Coming together physically for corporate holy worship. Sitting beside brothers and sisters and hearing their voices as we sing God's praises. Praying together, closing our eyes, bowing our heads with one another. Hearing the words of scripture, not, not just merely through a video camera, but hearing the words of scripture as we're gathered together and sitting on the preaching, and then maybe, Lord willing, seeing that covenant child baptized. And then, can you imagine passing that communion plate with the bread to your brothers and sisters in the tray, with the wine, can you, can you imagine it again? Or, or maybe it's this, after the benediction, just lingering and lingering 
and lingering and chatting and enjoying one another's sweet fellowship. I miss that. I long for that, dear ones. I long for meeting Jesus in those ways. Meeting Jesus in the praises of his people. Meeting Jesus in his word read and preached. Meeting Jesus in the sacraments. Meeting Jesus where two or three are gathered in sweet fellowship. I miss that. I long for that. Don't you? I know so many of you do. So many of you have told me. All this makes us long for much, doesn't it? But I wonder, do we long most of all, whether quarantined or not, do we long most of all to see Jesus face to face? To fall at his nail-pierced feet and body and soul really, truly worship him. One day, we will, you know. One day, the pestilence will stop no longer. One day, the enemies of God will no longer be able to shoot the arrow. The enemies of God will no longer be able to shake their fists at God or harm his people in the new heavens and new earth because they won't be there. Sin, brokenness, pain, suffering, hurt, loss will be no more. Tears will be wiped away. Death will be no more, for death has died and has been cast into a lake of fire. And then all those whose spirits were enlivened, those whose spirits were regenerated by the sovereign working of the Holy Spirit through the Word, whose spirits were then sanctified, whose spirits were then glorified and perfected at their death, will also have their bodies raised and their bodies perfected and reunited, spirit and body, we will meet with the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will fall at his nail-pierced feet and we will worship him. And do you know how I know that that's the case? Because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And as Nathan told us this morning, we are risen. We are risen indeed. And so, brothers and sisters, on this Easter Sunday in the middle of pandemic, let us live like those who are already experiencing resurrected life and who will one day see Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. That's what you were created for. That's what you've been sustained for. That's what you are redeemed for. To worship the lamb that was slain, but who is alive forevermore. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, what power there is in your word, because your word is always pointing us to the living word, and Jesus is alive, and he is seated at your right hand, O Father, and he's making intercession for these, my brothers and sisters. Hear his prayer now, Father. Enliven us. Give us the hope that can never fail. Never leave us or forsake us. Fill us with the resurrected life of Jesus. And may we live as those who know that their Lord is alive. For Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen.